There was a tweet um, from the health ministry yesterday condemning online racist abuse directed at Pacific communities after uh, the Director General of Health said in yesterday's daily briefing that more than half the people have tested positive in this current outbreak are Pacifica people. And then there was the large subcluster connected to the Assembly of God Church of Samoa in Mangere. So Dr Bloomfield made a point of thanking the Pacifica community for their efforts to support contact tracing and get tested and, and vaccinated. And he made... The critical fact, quite clear, I thought that the um, Assembly of God service happened before lockdown. That was last weekend. Uh, so there's nothing reckless or illegal about it. But um, certainly once articles referencing that fact about more than half those people uh, testing positive in the current outbreak are Pacifica people, uh, there has been a strong reaction to some of those stories. So earlier, just before... Uh, Ashley Bloomfield went to the one beam briefing today and condemned those racist comments as gutless. Ming Foon, the Race Relations uh, Commissioner, had been interviewed on uh, Midday Report here on RNZ National. And he asked, well, how is it that people even know that all the people going to that church service were, in fact, uh, Pacifica? And uh, here's what he had to say uh, on uh, Midday Report. I think the uh, news media actually had a big part to play in identifying um, the nationality of the people in the church. But there, he's really shifting it there from um, the people responding to those news stories and, and targeting, you know, making the ethnicity an issue to those who picked it out and referenced it in the headlines um, of, of the stories. And that triggered a lot of the racist responses. And as Ming Foon pointed out, look, this has happened before in the early part of the outbreak when it was re- regarded as something come from China. There were Asian people who were targeted with abuse. And uh, last year, the shorter lockdowns in and around Auckland, cases in Papatoitoi uh, that were focused on and zeroed in on and people making conclusions about the background of people involved in that. And Midday Report also made the point that one of the first clusters, the one that's dubbed the Birkdale Social Cluster, a mm. bunch of people in their 20s. It's but my no favourite name for a cluster, the Birkdale Social Cluster. It does sound like a band, doesn't it? But yeah. um, no one referencing you know, their ethnicity, so you can understand why people in uh, communities affected by the story would be sensitive to it at the very least. And people do want to know where the cases are, are coming up, though, don't they? Yeah, sure. And Dr. Bloomfield said, look, we will have a breakdown of um, positive cases. And that, in fact, in One News at Six on TVNZ One Tonight, that was how they led off on it. They were doing ethnic and gender breakdowns of um, the the cases so far. And look, at that time uh, that the story broke also, the Ministry of Health was recruiting for Pacifica contact tracers with language skills and so on. So there was genuine interest in getting the story and the information out there as quickly as possible. But clearly some people felt like this cluster was being treated and reported differently and that the headlines, the top lines, were absolutely zeroing, zeroing in on, on the ethnicity. Some people saw it the other way. For example, this is one bit of feedback that was directed at stuff. What a ridiculous headline. You could make the same statement about the Mitre 10 Awards evening, which is the one that knocked out the likes of Hilary Barry mm. and uh, Jeremy Corbett. Uh, they had to n- not turn up for their 7pm shows because they were at a glitzy awards evening, which um, turned out to have some positive cases there amongst them. Uh, this person said, I wish Sinead Boucher, the chief executive of stuff, would show some leadership and stop this racism. You know, whereas others thought, well, look, they're just reporting the story straight. And one I felt really sorry for 
was Stuff Specific Issues reporter Torika Tokalau. Um, she just reported the story pretty straight, reporting what Dr. Bloomfield had said uh, at the media conference, uh, literally quoting him and saying, I can see that over 50% of the cases are of Pacifica ethnicity. The last report I saw, none of the cases were Maori. So that's him, Director General of Health, you know, really zeroing in on those um, stats there. I mean, those stats are important in one level if we want to know where where it's, where the virus is going and also what parts of the community are perhaps needing more protection. Yeah, indeed. I mean, that's the issue, yeah, really. And- with the, what I took from that was, well, okay, it looks like maybe vaccination rates in some parts of the community aren't as good as they should be. That's right. And, I mean, um, the story uh, by Torek did say, it quoted um, Dr. Colin Tuko-Tonga as saying um, that this could turn in, the, the Māori Assembly of God church cluster could turn into New Zealand's largest cluster. Um, and so, and also Councillor FSO Collins, um, who was saying clearly there had been a racist backlash against those communities already, and this was part of a pattern he'd seen in the past. So this was referenced in the story. Uh, I mean, it's unfortunate in a way, as he pointed out, of course, the you know the name of the church, the, um, uh, the Assembly of God um, Samoa Church, obviously has... Someone in the title, but you know why couldn't it just be Mangari Church? And I think that's that's a, a, a legitimate point. Um, and actually, watching TVNZ One News tonight, Barbara Drever, the Pacific Issues correspondent, was quite angry and making shifted the story somewhat to say that Pacific people have been really let down, and that health authorities are not consulted mm. their own health practices with the connections who could have got the uh, vaccination drives uh, organised more effectively. That's exactly what the guest I had on about this time last night was saying, Dr. Apetale Matonga, you know, that we, they didn't listen to us in terms of where we should be doing the push in terms of publicity. Well, that very much echoes what Barbara Drever said tonight on One News. And I may be overstating it, but she did look quite you know, cross about it. And she did say at one point she described it as appalling that the health ministry and local health authorities had not taken advantage of the expertise and the connections that were right there in the communities that clearly they need to contact. And she said people at no fault of their own in Pacifica communities um, in, in Auckland and around Auckland have now found themselves at risk and it, and it simply isn't their fault. So I can understand certainly the sensitivity of seeing headlines that definitely reference the ethnicity of the people who you know find themselves suffering now. And your monitoring of the media this week, have you heard any talkback hosts, uh, or <laughs> broadcasters, columnists writing stuff and saying it's their fault? Uh, but what, what I would focus on before that lot is uh, Australia's Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. Oh, let's have a go at ScoMo, right? Yeah, so, I mean, as people will know if they've been following the news at all, he is amongst those who've had their two cents about New Zealand's elimination strategy and whether it's going the right way or not. Um, So for those who missed it, uh, he took the opportunity to say the elimination strategy won't work here because they've just given up and thrown in the towel in Australia and had to admit that it's not going to work over there. And he invoked the Disney animated movie The Croods, you be familiar with that one? Not yet. No, I haven't seen it either. No. Uh, he appeared on Australia's Channel 9 breakfast show yesterday, and this is how he described it to the host, Carl Stefanovic. And it's like that movie in The Croods. People wanted to stay in the cave. Some wanted to stay in the cave, and that young girl, she wanted to go out and, and live again and deal with the challenges of living in a different world. Well, COVID is a new, different world, and we need to get out there and live in it. We can't stay in the cave, and we can get out of it safely. That's what the plan does. Well, you just you meandered to an area I never in my life thought you would meander to. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. to, just to be clear... Um, I like the movie. No, no, <laughs> I understand. 
he's really he's he's talking about states because Australia hasn't there's not there's a big disagreement between states and Australia about what we do. New South Wales saying we've got to live with it now, maybe. Western Australia saying Northern Territory saying no way. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, there's a big division over there and a lot of people pointing the finger at New South Wales because the way cases accelerated there. But I did like the comment of um, business desks, uh, Patrick Smelly, I think it was, who said, look, Scott Morrison's basically calling us a troglodytes there, going, you know, saying we live in caves uh, and this isn't actually the limit of our ambitions. And it did point me in mind of... um, I don't know if they still run it, but they used to have a thing in the Sydney Morning Herald called Column 8, which was an opinion column that the readers actually got to write. And at the height of Lord of the Rings mania, one <laughs> Sydney sider wrote in to say, look, why are the, why are the uh, New Zealanders so proud of, uh, of Lord of the Rings? You know, it makes them look like you know, they aspire to be these little three-foot-high creatures with three big hairy toes, and it's not very glamorous running around in the moss. And then a New Zealander based in Sydney wrote back a rebuttal the next day. He said, well, yeah, but if we're talking about films that identify with the nation the rest of the world knows mad max is australian and has seen it but they all think it's a documentary (laughs) (laughs) but like the castle yeah that's right (laughs) representative Um, of the national character i mean i sometimes wonder if there's some kind of uh, agreement where australian politicians diss new zealand uh, and that actually is fine with new zealand politicians in power at the time because they can do the self-righteous well we're not like that I mean, we kind of, it's a bit like Aussie rugby players saying the All Blacks are cheating, you know. Nothing gets us supporting the All Blacks more than the Aussie saying we're cheating. Yeah, but this, when you think about it, this is politics. This is a prime minister, which is why, I mean, if someone else made a comment about the Croods comparing it to New Zealand's situation and elimination strategy, no one would pay any attention. But this is the prime minister of a supposed ally. And if I was Ardern, she released a statement saying, or answered a question about it, saying, I'm not fussed. That's the quote that's gone around, Ardern not fussed about uh, ScoMo cave slur is yeah. what I would call it. Well, I wouldn't be either tabloid. because I think it's pretty good politics for her, really, just yeah. to say. Yeah, but I think appalling politics for him because we are trying to cling to this strategy at the moment, putting a lot of resources into it. To have him casually say for his own purposes, his own domestic consumption, uh, that uh, you know New Zealand's strategy will not work, it's, it's really not his place to comment. And rather than have him refer us to the crudes, uh, for analysis of our situation, I think Newsroom's Mark Dalder did a piece uh, on the Newsroom website today called How to Tell If Lockdown's Not Working. And some of that echoed what Susie Wiles was saying to you earlier, uh, that, you know, we're still in well, what Mark's point is, is that, you know, it's too early to say if Delta will transmit under these level four conditions. We're still waiting for the information. People want to rush to a verdict and a reckon on the elimination strategy, do we need to think past it, beyond it? Mm. And we simply don't know whether Delta can be constrained by, you know, effective level four lockdowns. Actually, Susie Wiles, seeing as you know, she was on, she had a pop at Morning Report today to say they interviewed Rodney Jones, you know, economist uh, and modeler. Uh, he was describing uh, the last couple of days, number of cases as a bad sign that lockdown wasn't working. And she sent a message directly to Morning Report on Twitter for everyone else to see, saying this suggests Rodney doesn't understand the biology of COVID-19, and maybe he we wouldn't expect that. He's an economist. She says we had lots of transmission before the move to Level 4, uh, including some super spreader events. So, you know, the cases for the next few days will reflect that. It's not a setback. And, yeah, of course, I don't read that as her trying to get a message to Morning Report, which she could do privately. That's really trying to tell all journalists following those accounts 
on social media, get your heads around things like incubation periods. Um, and really, you know, you've got to have in your head as a journalist reporting this stuff, anyone who's saying definitively lockdowns don't work against Delta, it's too soon. Okay, we've got three and a half minutes left. Um, what what do you want to pick apart from the media in that time? Because <laughs> well, there's lots we, of material, isn't there? Well, should we leave um, COVID behind for a bit? Because you mentioned it earlier. I did hear you tell the listeners. So I promised them a break it. from COVID. Yeah, well, Duncan Garner. <laughs> We're if running that out of time. Yeah, so the AM show uh, fronted by Duncan Garner um, uh, last five years, he's a big name in New Zealand journalism, been at TV3 for more than 20 years, was TVNZ before that, I think, an understudy to Linda Clark. So on Monday, his employers announced he was leaving suddenly the show with immediate effect, you know, very um, possibly unnecessarily dramatic uh, statement there, but saying he had family issues and things he needed to take care of and the hours were brutal, which I'm sure they would be doing a three-hour on-camera show in those breakfast hours starting at six. So, yeah, I'm sure I could understand uh, that that would be tiring. But it's kind of interesting, uh, you know, he was the guy, I don't know if he's going to vanish from TV3 altogether. He's talking as though he is, saying it's been 20 years there and he was quite emotional about it in a statement. But, you know, he does leave quite a legacy in a way because when he took over as the political editor from Stephen Parker at TV3 all those years ago, he reshaped into this quite aggressive kind mm. of role, confronting politicians, creating stories, not just reporting them. Patrick Gow followed him, then Tover O'Brien followed him. Now, those first two, those blokes, Patrick and, and Duncan, have both left the job saying it burned them out and that Parliament was toxic and the job was too hard. Um, you know, so... I think I'm sure that kind of reporting and exposure really would take its toll. So, uh, yeah, I hope uh, he gets a bit of peace from uh, having chosen to uh, to step back from the camera. Uh, can I ask you about Facebook? Mm, yeah, really briefly. Sympathy for Facebook. Have they bought you off? No, 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 no. This is Joe Biden had a real pop of them saying they're killing people with their misinformation. And they had been sitting on a report about just what it is that people share, um, that people have wanted to see. They shelved it because they feared that if there was stuff on it that made them look bad with this in mind, misinformation and the seriousness of COVID, uh, that they would you know, open themselves up to political attack. But I think because Biden stung them a bit with that, they released it. And it turns out the most, by some margin, the most shared item on Facebook was from a reputable newspaper, one in Florida, distributed by the Chicago Tribune, so legit media organization. And it was about a, a doctor at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention who died after taking the coronavirus vaccine. So this is awkward because that sort of story is absolute clickbait for deniers and uh, and so on. Yep. Uh, but uh, in the end, uh, this turned out to be a legit story. So some sympathy for Facebook because it wasn't a piece of outright misinformation. Uh, it just shows how hard it is to define that and, uh, yeah, makes their position look a bit more understandable for people who don't know where the line is.